Looking for work, better pay, better work environment? We can help. Call Kelly Jobs today at 502-425-7131 to speak with a recruiter today. Score a better job with us. Call 502-425-7131 or visit kellyjobs.com. That's kellyjobs.com. UPS is hiring day sort warehouse workers in our Louisville, Kentucky hub. Our warehouses are team settings where everyone truly has each other's backs, and we work together to deliver what matters to customers and communities. We're paying $20 an hour and offer great benefits, including up to $25,000 in tuition assistance. Eligibility begins the day you're hired. Shift your future, shift your team, shift your life. Visit upsjobs.com to apply. That's upsjobs.com. Make the shift, make a difference. Injured in a car accident? Visit SueDistractedDriver.com. You're listening to Dan Issel and Louis Rabot on ESPN 680 and 1057. Now, here's Dan and Louis. And welcome back to the 11 o'clock hour. This is Issel and Louie, and this hour of the show is brought to you by our friends at Delta Dental of Kentucky. Whether you're looking for dental coverage for your employees or an individual or family policy, Delta Dental of Kentucky has you covered with a nationwide network of dentists. Plus, they offer Delta Vision, comprehensive vision plan through VSP. Enrolling in a dental or vision plan is easy. You can call them at 1-800-955-2030 or go online at ky.deltadental.com. And now, it's time for Bologna or Salami. Okay, I have to pull up the questions. Yeah, it's not like you just had five minutes to do that. All right, here we go. It was on my (laughs) iPad, so like over time, it just like... It goes black. Okay. First question, bologna or salami? Cal will leave to coach for Texas at the end of the season. Bologna. Go ahead, Dan. Uh, just say bologna. Do you have a reason? Yeah, his contract at UK, and UK's a better job. And he's got a recruiting class coming in. Yeah, I, I, uh, I you know, I think this, this started uh, because people needed something to write about. And if you look at, and Seth Davis was the first one that I read, but I know a lot of other outlets have mentioned this. But you know, they they just throw they just throw names against the wall, thinking something might stick. I mean, the list. Uh, I've seen Coach Oates on the list. Uh, I've seen uh, Musselman on the list. It's just. You know, I I don't even know if this is a thing, so I'm I'm definitely saying baloney. More likely, Cal put it in the ether that Texas wants him, or Barnhart floated it to try to get him to look at the job. Uh, I I don't think anybody. I don't think Barnhart talks to anybody <laughs> to be able to float anything. I I, I, I you know I. I think Mark Stoops and the president. He talks are the to Mark only Stoops, two. doesn't he? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm saying I think Mark Stoops and the president Capaluto are the only two people he talks to. All right, next question: Whether Cal stays or leaves, Kentucky basketball will begin a rebuild era next season. I like that question. Oh God, I hope that's salami. <laughs> <laughs> Because if it's if it's not, we're going to have to come up with another name for baloney. <laughs> baloney or spam or something? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's not quite what I was thinking. Oh, but it does start with an S. Yeah, right. It does start with an S. Oh man! All right, go ahead. What you got to choose? No, you didn't answer. You haven't answered. I said, yeah, it's salami. Oh, okay. It, I, I'm yeah. going baloney. I'm, 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 I'm stuck in this now. I think it's the end of the uh, the empire. Um, uh, I, I don't. I, I worry, and I brought it up. I worry that the 2023 recruiting class isn't as gifted as other classes are, as far as having as much talent as deep as the other classes. So I worry that actually we're going to get a bunch of players that are Case and Wallace level rather than Brandon Miller level in the next class. But if that, but wait a second, if that's true, 
if that, if that's true about the 23 class, there are other people out there that are going to be taking kids from this class that are worse than the ones we've got. So, salami, Avery. Baloney. Okay, Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon will be the next head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. How about that? Jonathan Gannon, so Rich Gannon's kid. Oof, that's how old we are, Dan. Yeah, I know. He's younger than I me. Know. How about that? Where is he going to coach? Arizona, Arizona Cardinals. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. You, you know what? I, I'm going to go baloney mm-hmm. because there are, you know, uh, other than Gannon, there are a whole lot of other names out there. I, I think, you know, all of these coaching hires are like a pendulum. You know, they swing back and forth. And Sean McVay had never been a head coach anyplace else, and he comes in and wins the Super Bowl with the Rams. There have been other, the kid at Miami, the kid at Minnesota. There have been other first-year coaches that have been successful. But I think the pendulum is starting to swing. Uh, You know, you look at uh, the coach, uh, Nathaniel uh, Hackett, at Denver, yep. a complete disaster. Sure. I think I think that you're going to see. And by the way, the Broncos interviewed um, Harbaugh the other day. I don't know if that got much much press, but they did interview Harbaugh. I think you're going to see the pendulum swing the other way, and I think you're going to see people get hired that have coaching experience and have had success. Uh, and so I'm going to say baloney. This is a pendulum swing in the opposite direction in that they are going from an offensive coach to Jonathan Gannon, who is a defensive coach. Do you know where he got his coaching start, Dan? Have no clue. Student assistant at the University of Louisville. We'll go ahead and go salami with Jonathan Gannon, who is so that's So that's why Avery came up with this lame question. No, I, I just went on... Google and I think I typed in like coaching changes or whatever. I don't remember what I searched up, but like coaching predictions. I love I love that Avery puts all this work into it and Dan's response is that's a lame question. This is my life, people. This is my life. I'm like, hey, Avery, do you think you could do a segment on Wednesdays that was kind of like a back and forth thing? She's like, oh, yeah, sure. I don't know what we'll call it. Well, Dan likes salami, so let's do things. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Great, great, great. Okay, well, let's slot it in 11 o'clock every Wednesday. We'll just do that. Can you find some music for it? Yeah, yeah, okay. I'll go find some music for it. Thanks, Avery. I really appreciate it. Hey, can you come up with five questions every week? Yeah, yeah, no problem. So she's up to like 75 questions at this point or something in this segment. And Dan's like, yeah, that's lame. That's Dan's contribution. All right, let's go. I love you, Avery. <laughs> Oh, I gotta hit the button first. That's true. That was perfect timing. Um, Baloney or salami? The Rams' tight ends coach and assistant head coach Thomas Brown will be the next Saints' offensive coordinator. Ooh. Hmm. I'm baloney on that just because I do think that I think the Saints are going to go through much more of an overhaul than they've already done. And so I don't think they're going to go to a guy without OC experience. So I think that's that's baloney. I think they'll go with someone who's not coming out of say like an you know an, an offensive line kind of coaching job it was behind Liam Cohen. I'm going to go baloney on that one. Yeah, I'm going to go baloney too. What does an offensive coordinator make in the NFL? Uh, the same as Liam Cohen. Oh my goodness! I about <laughs> fell out of my chair when I saw that contract. <laughs> But that's for another time. Uh, I, since I don't even know who this guy is, I'm going to say baloney. What is he? Is he tied to UK or U of L in some way? No. Okay, baloney. <laughs> okay, final question. And I did say final question. <laughs> baloney or salami? Demar Hamlin will return to play for the NFL next season. I think. Oh, next season. Um, I, I think, I think salami. I think he's definitely coming nice. back. There have been there have been situations in hockey, in soccer, where uh, where people went through this same thing, and um, you know I think they're going to be extremely careful. Uh, but this is a very healthy young man who was very fortunate that people were on on the field in 30 seconds mm. to get him back. I'm going to say Salami. I, I, I'm i not positive that it's next year, okay. but I am positive that he will play in the NFL again. I'll go Baloney because I, I think, I think a, a couple of good things are going to work in his favor. I think that he's 
um, I think he's set up no matter what because you know there's some. It's interesting the conversation, Dan, and you're a guy who's been in a players' union and, and seen these things. You know, he he, and frankly, we we've talked about it on this show with the ABA guys and getting their their due with the with the pension. He doesn't qualify for the pension yet in the NFL. So no, some, this is only his second year. So there's some concern that that's not set up for him. But I will tell you what is set up. The the the, the people in Buffalo are, are out of their minds in a, in a good way. <laughs> they are very supportive of that. Uh, especially so, about their football team. Correct. The, the, that yeah. Bill's Mafia thing is real. Yeah. And, and yeah. I think he's fine that way. He's also a Western Pennsylvania kid who stayed home to play at Pitt. So I think that no matter where he chooses to be, whether it be Western Pennsylvania or Western New York, I think he's going to be okay. I think there are moments in life when you realize you just have to stop doing something because it almost took your life, and I think that's what's going to end up coming out of this for DeMar Hamlin. Now, I want to be clear. I, I think on this show it's been very clear we're rooting for the guy unabashedly, but um, and if he wants to play football again, I think that's absolutely his right and priority. That's totally, obviously, his his choice. But if I were in his his camp, I'd say, look, let's figure out something at Pitt. Let's figure out something with the Bills. Whatever that looks like, let's get you something more stable than having to go back on the field. Uh, you don't have anything else to prove. Um, and I, so I'll say baloney, especially since Avery said for next year. Um, you know, if it's a longer process yeah. than that, I, yeah. I, I I need to I need to see the guy like standing on his own two feet before you know before I feel like all of that recovery is happening. And this is. Just because he's had such a rapid recovery mentally from this, it doesn't mean that the physical one is necessarily going to follow either. So um, That's a a good point. But the the reason I said salami is because uh, I don't think – I don't think anybody thinks he's just a marginal player. Oh, I, I, no, no, for, I agree for, with you on that. For what, for what, from what I've read, this kid's made great strides over the course of this season. And if he's getting better at his young age, I think he's going to want to get back out there and prove it. Yeah, he's a sixth-rounder playing like a third-rounder. That's absolutely yeah. correct. Yes, yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Avery. Thanks, Good Avery. Good job. Even though Dan doesn't appreciate your questions or like you very much, apparently. I mean, well, last I, week you I'm didn't just, listen to me, so. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just, uh, you know, there, there are some things locally that I'm not in tune with. Mm-hmm. So I, I had no idea that Gannon uh, was a, a former assistant or whatever you said. Neither did I. At L. so... Now that question makes sense. I just brought it up to make it local. Avery had no idea who he is. I no, you. I'm the worst at names. Like, I tried to call Tucker Trent last week. Oh, no. <laughs> and I knew it wasn't Trent because, like, not, like... Were you excited when we had Kyle Trent on earlier this week? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> like, it was so bad. Like, he had just told me his name, like, probably an hour beforehand. Well, what did Nick call you for, like, two months? Aubrey. <laughs> it was so funny when he found out that wasn't my name because I was sitting with Process and everything, and we were running, like, he was running the drive, and I'm just being a good little intern and watching. And Nick's like, um, thanks, Aubrey. <laughs> And Process turns to me and he's like, that's not your name. And I'm like, I know, it's okay. He's like, you can tell him that's not your name. And I'm like, oh, it's okay. And so Process yells out, that's not her name. Her name is Avery. It was great. So there was a text from yesterday that I had to go find in our text machine, uh, Dan, relating to our time when you're actually in town. Uh, in February for Mike Pratt's uh, Jersey retirement. Speaking of happier things, and um, and so I had to go into the search bar on our Google Voice that does all of our text messages here, and the top search was process because when he was here, he would search the text line for his name, <laughs> and he would go after people that would text in about him, and he would do it. So like, if you texted in and made fun of him at ten in the morning, he would go find it and text back at like nine o'clock at night. <laughs> Doesn't that just sound like him? Speaking of Bobby, I I got a uh, when when they announced that uh, they were going to retire Mike's jersey, I got a very nice text from Bobby. That's so, awesome. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah, no, Bobby uh, Bobby liked Mike a lot. We all like Mike. A well, lot. I was going to say yeah, settle down. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of Issel toleration and a lot of Pratt love. Yeah, you know, that's how it goes. So, so um, uh, are we going to Martini's when I'm in town? We are. We're going to do that Thursday show there, yeah. Oh, that's that'll be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they're excited to have it. us out there. And um, I've, I've already agreed you're going to sign autographs, and I get all the NIL money 
Um, no, it's a that, whole thing. It's going to be great. That's fine as long as I get a free lunch. <laughs> we'll work on it, yeah. Because I love that place. That yeah, place is great. Um, MartiniLouisville.com. Uh, the, speaking of which, we'll have Ben Roberts tomorrow in his normal spot at 1030, so get your text ready. Um, that'll, that'll be fun. I, if you're Ben right now and you're in, in the spot that he's in, beat writer, at the Herald Leader, you're in that Tipton spot. Is it your job to be Tipton, or is it your job to be Ben Roberts? Yeah, you know. Do you understand what I'm getting at? Because yeah, yeah, because no, Tipton was the one who would pick at things and actually ask the questions that were uncomfortable, right? Yeah, and 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 what's what's amazing about that question is I talked to Jerry yesterday. Oh, okay. He 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 texted me and and told me that he went to the same high school uh, as Rudy Tomjanovich. Okay. And and when he was in junior high, the star player at his high school was John Brisker. Now I don't know if you know who John Brisker is, but I I could I, he was he was one of the original tough guys in the ABA. Okay. And there's a story about Brisker getting in a fight with a teammate and going to the locker room to get his gun. <laughs> and, every, and every and everybody, including the coaching staff, running out of the gym because they thought Brisker was going to shoot somebody. Um, but but anyway, uh, he, uh, Jerry had some very very nice things to say about Ben, uh, and he obviously is reading his stuff. Um, you know, that's a fine line, Louis, because tough, you right? can't you can't lose your credibility. You, you know, you can't just be big blue all the time. Sure. Uh, you know, you can't talk about uh, building a statue of Cal <laughs> outside of Rupp Arena. But, but you know, you've got – you also have to depend on these people uh, for your livelihood. So you can't just be totally critical of everything. So right. that's yeah, that's a fine line that Ben has to yeah, walk Yeah, and right Tipton, Tipton was really, really good at it. Um, well, and Tipton had been there for 41 years. Well. That's fair, too. That's yeah, fair. yeah, yeah. Fair. And, and Ben's been there for 41 minutes. So, you know, that's In probably In that job, but he's reason. been at the Herald Leader for a minute, though. Um, I think he's been there 10, 12 years, something like that. So, um, But I get it. Not in that role. I, I, I understand. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Bologna or Salami coming down to the text line in the next 10 years. Avery will run over a significant other or key their car and or throw all of their belongings onto a sidewalk. I mean... Oh, I can someone... see the belongings on the sidewalk oh, yeah. very easily. Oh, yeah. That one's going to happen in, like, the next five. I guarantee it. Keying the car or running them over, like, you're, you're going to have to really set me off. Keying a car, by the way, which I've never done. Shocking. Um... Seems like a very visceral act. Like you're, you're just, you have to really make a decision that you are just going to ruin something by doing something very small. It's very, I don't know, it's very paper cuts until someone bleeds to death. Yeah. Okay, all right, okay. I didn't even need like, to say that. You would have come up with the same analogy. Yeah, exactly. It basically is. Like, they're... There's no doubt about it. Like, if you're going to key someone's car, like, you've definitely thought about it. All right. So I, I looked up John Brisker, and the stories are awesome. So, oh, they're, they're the best. He's from Detroit. They're the best. And he sounds like he's from Detroit. Yeah, and absolutely. He played for Toledo. He um, then played for the Pipers in Pittsburgh and the Condors, of course. That's where, that's where he, he went to the locker room to get a gun. According to his was- Condors teammate, Charlie Williams, quote, he was an excellent player, but say something wrong to the guy, and you had this feeling he would reach into his bag, take out a gun, and shoot you. <laughs> he was ejected so often for fighting that he was nicknamed, quote, the heavyweight champion of the ABA. <laughs> now, he could play. He was he, he, now, he was very talented. He went to Hamtramck High School in the 60s. I mean, that guy, he saw some bleep. But um, do you know how he died, Dan? Uh, it wasn't he a mercenary someplace? <laughs> he disappeared in Uganda. Yeah, yeah. In 1978. Avery, get on it. March 1978, John Brisker disappears in Uganda, quote, trying to launch an import-export business. <laughs> That's great. That's on my list. <laughs> he was de- declared dead in abstentia in May 1985 by the medical examiner of King County for the purposes of settling his estate. Oh, man. 
They couldn't were, even, were the, the State were, Department could not confirm that he had traveled to Africa. How about that? Oh, this is great. Essentially, we there, don't consider him dead. Oh, Avery, oh, come on. There, oh, come literal, on. There, there's tr- definitely travel documents available for that. Like so how- in other words, the King County said he was dead for his estate. The State Department would not confirm that he traveled to... This, this, he's, he's alive. He's out there. Hey, John, if you're listening, call him. <laughs> Were those the days of Idi Amin? Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Not a good time to go to Uganda. Yeah. Uh, and not a, not a good time to start an export-import <laughs> business. <laughs> Import-export. He's, now, the, I th- I he's thought the art st- vandalay of Uganda. Yeah, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, I, th- I thought the story I heard is that he went over uh, someplace and was a mercenary and was fighting for some country. You know, a, a, a paid, it, where he actually got paid to kill people. So, so this is probably Avery's favorite page on Wikipedia List of people who disappeared mysteriously, 1910 to 1990. <laughs> and Avery, it's like, it, there are hundreds of names on here. And John's yeah. in the middle somewhere. I mean, during the 70s, there, there was, <laughs> it was serial killer time. Like, that was serial killer decades. So, of course, people are going missing. I mean, John Brisker's definitely running a corner store in Detroit right now. I mean, there's no question. <laughs> there's no question. <laughs> that was John. Sounds like John Brisker is Avery's dream guy coming down on the text line. Um, <laughs> someone getting my Art Vandalay uh, reference on the text line. I appreciate you very much. Oh, man. Got to talk about something that isn't Kentucky basketball right now. It's doing that. All right. I, I, I think I know the answer, but Liam Cohen officially re- hired at Kentucky. You know, yep. NFL season over. I, I don't have to – we don't have to rehash the entirety of the U.K. football season. Uh, first question, and I think we agree on this, Liam Cohen is a better offensive coordinator than Rich Gangarello. So there's an improve there. Mm, I, oh. don't know about, I don't know about that. I know, I know that Liam Cohen had a, a, a whole lot better offensive line okay. than Sangarello had. Okay. I, mm-hmm. I, I'll go that far. Okay. Um, I'll, I will agree with myself then. And then um, <laughs> do you – if, it, make, if 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 Liam Cohen's such a great offensive coordinator, how come the Rams were five and a hundred this year? Because that's what the NFL does: people win and then they miss the playoffs. Um, I, I I I mentioned this earlier. I was shocked. I mean, I thought only places like Alabama uh, and places like that were were the places that coordinators made a million dollars a year. I mean, um, um, he has a three year deal. 1.7, 1.8, and 1.9. 1.9. I, seems, like a, seems like an awful, awful lot of money for an offensive coordinator. Now, for, I, I want to say. For a team that's picked to finish seventh in the SEC. Okay. Two things then. I'll say the first thing, and then I'll, I'll follow up on that point. Bobby V yesterday was like, I think Nick was like, wow, it seems like a lot of money, and a slap at Cal for his assistance. And then they went through the list of highest paid assistants, the top 10 in the country. And in the top 10 were guys making less than $400,000 on the basketball side. In the top 10, across the country, 355 teams, um, guys making less than $400,000, multiple. And Orlando Antigua was making $900,000. So he's making mm. three times as much money as the 10th highest paid coach. Okay. Wow. So it's not that. On the scale of basketball, UK is paying its coaches. No question. Liam Cohen is making 1.7. That's what they do in football. They just they, they pay this amount of money. Now, Dan, you're not wrong. It's a lot of money. Yeah, Vince Merrill makes over a million dollars coming down the text line. Totally correct. They're paying money on the football side. I, I think you and I agree on this, though. It doesn't change the expectations for UK football, unfortunately. Because I, I, I'm not at all convinced that as long as they go to seven, eight wins in the regular season, I think people were actually... I don't know. I'm going to stop talking. Dan, is it, does it change your expectations for U of K football? No. No. I like, like I said, I thought, I thought Liam Cohen, when he was here, had one of the best offensive lines in the conference. He had the best running back in the conference. And he had uh, left us, who had a very, very good year, um, throwing to Wandell Robinson. Um, and so who I think was a second-round pick in the NFL, 
So, so I think Cone, and now I'm not saying that he uh, can't do it again, but he has to prove it to me. I don't think him coming back here to replace Sangarello is going to make Kentucky a 10-win football team again. I, 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 it raises my expectations because I'll give an example. I think, I think that they win the Ole Miss game if Liam Cohen's calling the plays, for example. Oh, 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 so so Liam, I Cohen, Liam Cohen is going to keep left us from throwing interceptions and fumbling the football. He's going to keep him from fumbling the football at the end of the game. Absolutely, he would ha- he would have handed the ball to someone that didn't fumble in bad situations, which is what I, I think he protected. That, him. my friend, is a stretch. Okay, okay. I, I think assistants matter. I think we're seeing it with Kentucky basketball right now, and I think they matter in football as well. Oh, I think they make a big difference in football. You know, because a guy, I mean, you know, a, a football coach can't micromanage a football team. There's just too many things going on, too many players involved. I, I agree with that, that the, the assistants, especially the coordinators, are, are very important. What, what do you think Brad White's making? Oh, a million dollars. I mean, they were gonna, they're paying Scangarello a million bucks. Uh, dude, they're paying they're paying Skangarello a million dollars a year until June 2025. Wow, it's a lot of money invested in an offensive coordinator position. Uh, yeah, but if I was Brad White, if I was Brad White, I'd be sitting outside of and I'm making a million dollars, and this guy's making a million seven, a million eight, a million nine. I'd be out in the waiting room waiting to talk to Mitch. Brad White coordinator salary. All right, let's look it up. All right. He makes 1.4. Okay. All right. So that's, that's actually pretty much in line yeah. with. No, that's, that's, that's fair. Yeah. Especially that's since fair. the head coach is a defensive guy already, right? It's not like, you know, Liam Cohen probably has to put together the offensive game plan and do all those things. But, I, you know, we saw that across the street here with Brian Brown that it took intervention to make him better. <laughs> right <laughs> let's do something different i don't know what you're looking at but intervention <laughs> is there any way else to put it i mean honestly that's what it clearly was and so coach brown we need to have an intervention <laughs> come in here we're all gonna hold hands <laughs> that was a good one. Oh man i enjoyed that one all right on the other end we're gonna play a little bit of cal sound i want to get dan's reaction to some of this as uh the the Empire crumbles, unlike the Roman concrete that we will eventually get to. Marshmallow Dan Marshmallow will be, Dan. give his We also have some sound from, uh, from Travis Branham of, of 24-7, and we'll get uh, into that as well, uh, because he's actually convinced that there is legitimate contact being made between Texas and Cal's uh, team. And so um, I, I don't know if Dan wants to have that conversation, but uh, we're going to do it anyway here. Sure. Honest Lulu here on 680 105.7. Welcome back to Dan Issel and Louis Rebeau on ESPN 680 and 1057. Now, here's Dan and Louis. All right, welcome back in here. Final segment, Issel and Louis on a Wednesday here on 680-1057, ESPNLouisville.com, the app, your smart speaker, however you're hanging out with us this morning. We appreciate it, Bobby V at noon. First replay at 3 o'clock, taking you up until 6 o'clock, full uh, local programming here on the ESPN 680 side. Of course, 93.9, your home for that 9 o'clock tip tonight at Clemson. Uh, if you're uh, driving around, make sure that you've got it locked to 93.9 tonight for that game. Uh, Clemson about a 16-and-a-half point favorite in that. Of course, the second hour of our show brought to you by our friends at Delta Dental, deltadentalky.com. Dentists, all of you listening out there, check out that Dentist Tools tab at the top, your office toolkits, all the resources you need, the ability to join the network with Delta Dental, those CDT updates, anything that you need on that side, check it out at deltadentalky.com. Getting into the final segment here, we do have some sound I want to play. But if you're just joining us and uh, you watched the game last night and had reaction or whatever, uh, Dan and I sort of taking different tacks to this one. Um, Dan concerned more. I, actually, I should I should be careful how I state this because Dan will yell at me. Um, <laughs> you're more on you, you think that this collection of players is not number one up to snuff and number two. There's there's no 
there's no dog on this team. There's no no real no, fight on this team. None, yeah. none. This is a uh, this is a collection of very soft players, both physically and mentally. And um, I, I have made the point, and we talked a little bit about NIL creeping into the locker room. Maybe there's a cultural change that's going on. I actually agree that there's a cultural change going on. Some coaches, though, seem to be excelling uh, with the cultural change. Other coaches have decided to retire amongst the <clears> cultural <throat> change. Um, of course, at Villanova and Duke uh, as the most recent examples of that. Texture texting in Sean Miller to UK and then Mac back to Xavier. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing that, I mean, Chris Mack's name never comes up in these coaching searches. No. And that, no. Well, at least he got $4 million on the way out. Um, so let's do some of this sound. Did you get to listen to Cal last night? Uh, I, uh, I, I heard some of the comments uh but not not all of the press conference. I read. I think I read most of them this morning. Okay. Um, let's just. Uh, some of these are really long, so we'll go with some of the shorter ones here. Um, let's talk about the sense of urgency, and this is something that I know you and I, Dan, have talked about quite a bit. Is that they just open these games, and it's like they're still in shoot around, frankly. Mm-hmm. And so let's go with Cal mm-hmm. two here on the sense of urgency the team has. Today was a sense of urgency. So now we got the next one. It's a hard game up at Tennessee. They're really good. All right, let's go. Let's see where we are. You just keep marching. You you know, uh, you got teams that will play us that have nothing to lose. And all of a sudden they're making shots and banking and doing things that they're not normally doing. Um, but let me give South Carolina credit. They played well. In the first half, their start – and, and the plays they made, um, you know, some straight line drives. I mean, everybody's going at Oscar, so we got to figure out some stuff. We're trying to do it different ways, but we're going to have to uh, see what we do to keep people from running downhill because that's not – we're going to have to figure it out. So, go ahead. I, I think that right now Kentucky is a team that has nothing to lose. I, I don't think he can say, well, you know, we're everybody's Super Bowl. We're playing teams that have nothing to lose. Right now, Kentucky has nothing to lose because right now they're they're not in the tournament. No. And they're going to have to win some of these games, not, not Texas A&M and not Georgia. They're going to have to win some of these games like Auburn and Arkansas and Tennessee and Kansas. They're going to have to win some of them to get, to get to the tournament. So right now, I think Cal has to put Kentucky in that in that same position. Yeah, it's incredible to say because again, you know, if you're just joining us, we pointed out this is the most losses already in an entire season by a team returning the National Player of the Year. The previous record was at Virginia with Ralph Sampson coming back in the '80s. Um, text to text again. Uh, does UK have anything to lose now? Why can't we play loose and tough? Um, it's very interesting. Uh, IU is still 27th in the net. Uh, this is coming down on the uh, text line. Um, UK drops to 62. Western at 188. L, of course, in the 300s. Um, is it time to boiler up around here? That's pretty funny. Um, Chris- do, you know, do you know there's a chance, and I don't know if this has ever happened, Louie, but there's a chance there will not be a team from Kentucky in the NCAA tournament. Yep. I mean, Murray State's not going. Northern Kentucky's not going. Yeah, U of L's not going. Western's not going. Is Northern not good this year? I I don't think so. Okay, I'll look. But yeah, no, I I think you're absolutely correct. And so it's a um, yeah, it's it's Bellarmine's not going. Um, yeah, it's not it's not good around here for sure. Uh, Northern Kentucky schedule. They are <laughs> ten and seven, first place in the Horizon League. So, you know, once they get to those league games, um, it seems to be a little bit better uh, for some of those teams. Yeah, there. maybe they maybe they do go. But I, the, the last time I looked. But, again, was, that's going to be a one-big league. So, one-bid yeah. league, excuse me. And so if they don't win their conference tournament, it doesn't matter. Right. So you could absolutely right. be correct. I'm with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, let's go out to Cal 3 here, thinking they'd be better on defense by now. And then I want to follow up uh, with – Something that I heard Ken, uh, Kenny Payne say the other day is very similar. Go ahead. 
I didn't. I thought that we would be a hell of a defensive team, and we've got to we've got to shore that up because that's the the basis of what we do. Um, having the right guys on the court because we got we can play with guards, and again under man with without Case and without Jacob, but. But now Chris gives you a toughness that we need. And so we just, it's, they're going to have to carve up time. Okay. <laughs> All right. Dan, just walk me through your experience as a player. What percentage of defense is simply effort, being a dog, you know, being willing to be physical? What percentage of it is that and what percentage of it is scheme? Uh, I'd say 70-30. Okay, perfect. I, I was, I was going to guess you were going to say 70-30, 75-25. So that part, I think you could very much say, as you have been, falls on players. Like, defense is about pride, is, is a thing that you hear over and over, right? Is that playing on the defensive end, being good on the defensive end, is about pride. But it also, in the best systems, turns into offense. And UK has none of that this year. I mean, just no. none of it. It is, no, it, is, I, I, it is remarkable, frankly. Well, I mean, there are a lot of shocking things about this team. But given the talent, the fact that they can't get a fast-break basket is, is, is one of the most glaring in my mind. But, but this team, and this is why I say they have no heart. If you watch this team play defense, they always, and to a man, to a man, they always take the easy way out, Louie. Yeah. They always go under screens. They don't fight. That burned the them last the night, top. by the way. That burned them last night. Yeah. South Carolina scored yeah, on those did. plays last night. Yes. Yeah, it yes. did. And, you know, they don't, they, they don't trap the ball and rotate. I mean, I saw last night, I saw on multiple occasions, and Cal calls it straight line yeah. to the basket. I call it getting beat. You get beat <laughs> defensively, and nobody rotates. The kid gets—I mean, the kid gets all the way to the rim and lays the ball in. They—they—they they, they take the easy way out on the defensive end of the floor every time, and that's why they're no good. And part of what you're talking about too is you go under the screen if you think you have no help. And these guys, yeah, and all these or, guys just assume they have no help. Or it's—it's it's easier. It's easier to fight over the top of the screen if it's a good screen. Now, if Jacob Toppin is setting the screen, you can get over it pretty easily because he's going to jump out of the way. But if a, if, if a good screen is being set, uh, it's always easier to go underneath because it, it, it's hard work to fight over the top. And so that's, uh, I, you know, that, that's easy. That's an easy one. If you, know, if you think you're going to be a great defensive team, then tell your players to quit taking the easy way out and get up and guard somebody. Yeah. I, the, the part of that that's so frustrating is you see, I, you know, I remember watching last night and, and Oscar sets his pick and it's out just north of the free throw line. He's probably two feet past the free throw line. And South Carolina just lets him do it because <laughs> they know he's not going to make a shot from there. If he could even make a 10-footer, I mean, the team would be different. I mean, it's stuff like that, the, the, the little things that just don't add up for this team. There's so many little holes that it's almost like you're putting your finger in the spots to try to, you know, try to stop the leaking, and it just you, you, can't, you can't keep up with all the holes. You can't keep up with all the holes. Not on the defensive end, for oh, sure. Yeah. Yep. No, it's ugly. It's ugly. Lots of text coming in <laughs> about uh, ways to to improve or comparisons to other people. Um, Tubby's final five years coming down on the text line. I always love reading these because I can't verify the the numbers. One thirty one and forty, an elite two elite eights and three second round losses. Cal's last five years, counting this season as the fifth year, one hundred and forty three, so thirty less wins. One elite eight, COVID year, missed the tournament, first round loss, may not make the tournament again this year. If if Tubby were coaching the team right now, what would the would the fans be reacting similarly? Oh, absolutely. Would it be worse? Uh, I don't know that it would be worse. I think people I, like I, Tubby bet more than they like Cal. Um, probably. Yeah. That that's probably a fair statement. Uh, I I think the thing 
the thing that got Tubby in trouble was not his coaching Recruiting. and certainly not his personality. The thing that got him in trouble was he, he his he couldn't recruit. Yeah. yeah. He he couldn't the best team he ever had was the one Patino left for him. Uh but you know, um I, I I don't know if it can be worse. Is it can it be worse than it is right now? You just lost to the worst team in the SEC at home, broke a 28-game winning streak at Rupp. Can it get worse than it is right now? Yes. I have bad news, yes. <laughs> it actually can. It, it, it can get worse. I mean, it, it can get worse, and it probably will, frankly. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. All right, Dan, you're coaching uh, Kentucky. What do you do at Tennessee on Saturday? I get back spasms. <laughs> oh no, the team bus broke down. Um. <laughs> uh, well, let me tell you one thing: if, if you thought if you thought South Carolina could shoot the ball, <laughs> wait, wait till you see this Tennessee team. I mean, they've got they've got multiple people that can shoot the basketball, and so I I, I guess the answer would be. That I would I would make I would make the team uh, watch film. I would do a scouting report, and I would try to come up with a defensive plan. And and Oscar said an interesting thing last night. He said he said, a bunch he said of we things. he said we need we need somebody that's going to fight. He said if we have to play walk-ons. We need somebody that's going to fight. And so you better come up with a defensive plan to start with. You better come up with a defensive plan that you can at least make Tennessee take some tougher shots than South Carolina was taking last night. All right. So um, what do you think the matchup predictor gives Kentucky a chance at Tennessee? 22. Okay. So you asked me if it can get worse. And this is how I know it could get worse. Because you're not even there yet, Dan, mentally. Nine and a half percent. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, nobody nobody expects them to win at Tennessee. Serious they question. Can't be, they can't beat South Carolina at home? Nobody expects them to beat Tennessee. Um, text or text again. I think this is right. Look at Louisville. There's always another floor to fall through. <laughs> Everyone just assumes these things will be around forever. It is simply not that way. Minnesota won the national championship in basketball in the 30s. They won three titles in, in, in football in the 30s. Minnesota was the glaring powerhouse. These things do not have to last forever. Um, texter, uh, trying to go through Oscar on offense is like trying to go through Dennis Rodman and telling Jordan to stand in the corner. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good point. I mean, no that, team ever went through Rodman and no team ever went <laughs> through Ben Wallace. And obviously Oscar Sheboy is a better scorer of the basketball than, than Ben Wallace, but especially at this level, he might not be in the NBA. But but the Pistons did not go through Ben Wallace. He was, if you missed the shot, it was that was the assist <laughs> to Ben yeah. Wallace was a dunk. It's um, kind of like when I coached Matumbo. About yeah. about about every eighth or tenth play down the floor, we'd call a we'd call a play for him, or he'd stop playing. But other than that, we let the other four guys shoot the basketball. Did you? I think you told me you you did not watch Seinfeld when it was on, right? Uh, not not very often. No, not your style of humor. No, no. Okay, no. I just. It, it, I appreciate this texture because they heard me make the Art Vandalay reference earlier. I imagine. Uh, UK should pull a Costanza, do the opposite of everything they've done in the past. So the the loser friend on the show is is George Costanza, and there's an yeah, episode. and he was he was uh, theoretically he was the general manager of the Yankees or something. Well, he was like the that. traveling secretary, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but he he's just this you know the the balding guy who lives with his parents and everything else. And um, he, one day he just decided to do the opposite of whatever he thought came to him naturally and he gets a hot girlfriend and a job and you know like all that. that's how he gets the Yankees job actually so um so someone's saying UK should pull a Costanza just do the opposite of everything Jason done. Jason Alexander uh, hey look at you all right yeah yeah, yeah. I, the reason I know that is uh, Sherry when we were in LA uh Sherry worked uh with a um, a home for un- unwed mothers and um oh gosh um, who's who, who's the 
this is terrible. I can't think of the guy's name or his TV show. Oh, okay. Uh, Larry the David. The guy that was a sports no, the guy that oh. was a sports writer lived across the street from his mom and dad. Um, oh, this is at the terrible. LA Times. Uh, he was. It was on TV. It's on. Uh, oh, is he on around God. the horn? No, no, oh, no, no, oh. no, no, no. He was a, he was a, a Oh, oh, he, everybody loves Raymond. I'm sorry. Yes, yes. yes, yes okay, thank yes. you. Ray Romano, yes. Yeah, so, so. Uh, I'm sorry, yes. So, uh, it was called The Gathering Place, okay. and uh, Mrs. Romano, I don't remember her name, sure. was on the board with Sherry, and so they decided one night they were going to have a fundraiser that was hugely successful. And Ray Romano came out and did his stand-up and was hilarious. And Jason Alexander came up and did a stand-up. Oh well, and and was equally as funny. It was a it was a great great night. And they it was this little place that had room for like ten uh, unwed mothers, and it, it raised thousands and thousands of dollars. It was a really neat event. Ray Romano and Jason Alexander. Immediately on the text line, Ray Romano, Ray Romano, Ray Romano. <laughs> Thank you. I'm sorry. That was my fault. I thought you were going to say like Bill Plaschke or something. I'm sorry. <laughs> like around the horn? TV? No, no. He lives across the street from his no. parents. Oh, got it. Okay. I, I don't think we could raise a lot of money if Plaschke did yeah, a stand-up. Right. He walks it. in. Everyone just throws <laughs> eggs and tomatoes. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, well, uh, what do you think L does tonight? Uh, <laughs> I think they get hammered. I think they get super hammered tonight. Yeah, yep. yeah. Think, so uh, are we done with the sound? Because I'd oh. like to hear this Branham one. Which one? Uh, number two. Okay. Um, yeah, Travis Branham was on uh, first replay yesterday with Sweezy and Streetle, is convinced that if Cal did take another job that uh, the kids in the class would actually go with him. Cal left. Uh, I mean, the expectation would be the class would go with him. We live in a in a world, and we've lived in this world for over a decade now, where kids commit to to um, coaches much more than they commit to programs. I, I think it'd be fair to say, yeah, Reed Shepard. You can probably bet on sticking through his commitment. We saw it with Caleb Glenn over in Louisville when uh, Chris Mack uh, stepped down. He stuck through his with his commitment he will be a little cardinal next year uh playing under kenny Payne. um you can obviously probably anticipate that would happen with with a guy like reed shepherd but everybody else i would anticipate to leave uh wouldn't be the first time cal has done that he did the exact same thing when he left memphis to come to kentucky so yeah that's the expectation hmm. very interesting i think so a couple of things there do you, number one do you agree and number two i do because i do think that guys go to play for coaches and not for the schools yeah right yeah okay yeah that's what that's what we've been saying for a while now yeah. is that, you know no nobody uh, it used to be uh you know and he's right about reed i mean you, you grow up in kentucky yes. you know yep. wishing and hoping and dreaming about playing in rupp arena for kentucky so reed's not going anywhere but you know outside of those cases he's absolutely right I, I've said I've said it before. You, you the, these kids today. Number one, they want to know how much NIL money you're paying them, and number two, how quick you can get them to the NBA. Those are the top two criteria, and whatever is third is a long way down the list. And so, you know, the fact that that these kids who grew up in New York and New Jersey and Pittsburgh, the idea that they would come to Kentucky because it's Kentucky, uh, that doesn't exist anymore. All right, Dan, close your eyes. I want you to envision 2024, Cal gets the number one recruiting class again. He's coaching at Texas. They enter the SEC, and they're playing at Rupp. (laughs) They they probably have more than one sign. (laughs) (laughs) Would they kick all those people out? And well, uh, um, um, where do you fall on that? By the way, where do you fall on that? Are you okay with those with them throwing the guy out, or or is that just, or is that just part of the part of the gig? Well, they didn't throw him out. They gave him a choice, and if if in fact his sign was big enough that it was blocking the view, which they used as an excuse that that they used uh, that 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 the people behind him couldn't see. And that there's a policy that you can't obstruct somebody else's vision, blah, 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 blah. 
if that's all true, then, you know, they gave him a choice, and he said, no, I'm, I'm not going to give up my sign. I'll leave. Um, but if, it, if, if, in fact, they, they took him out because of the sign, then I don't agree with that at all. What if he was holding up the sign during stoppages of play and not during play? Yeah, no. Yeah, that that then then based on what the spokesman said, they could not have they they could not have have asked him to leave or take or taken away his sign. Okay. All right. I kind of understand the um the the rationale of not wanting that many signs because I think there's a big crossover of Kentucky fans and wrestling fans. And if you watch a wrestling event, it's all signs. And you could just imagine Rupp Arena just full of signs. Well, and and football too. I, I, oh, I, absolutely. I mean, you go to a football game, and you know there are a bunch of. Signs. I think that's where I'm most different of every other man in this office is that I just never was exposed to or around pro wrestling. They love it around here. Mm. They all can pull these random references from the the like early '90s, mid '90s. I'm sure Avery's heard all these things with Andy and and Nick and Rummage and Streetle and I mean the whole thing. I mean just all these guys can. Oh, what about this guy's entry music? And I'm like, entrance music for what? And they're like, oh, when the guy t- walks down the ramp to go into the ring. And I'm like, oh right, yeah, I've I've seen those gifts. Yeah, no, I can I can understand that because you know I mean. For those guys to go in there and it not be rehearsed and they give up their bodies like that, I <laughs> I just never grew up on it, man. I don't know why. Yeah. Hey, this is, for the second day, we did not get into why Roman concrete outlasts <laughs> modern concrete. I, I, want, I want that back on for tomorrow, and I want to get to it. Of course, on Thursdays, we always have Ben Roberts at 10.30, Jay Davis at 11. It's one of my favorite days of the week because I don't have to prepare that much. But I want this back on, Louie. Yeah, that's, that's, that's real different than the other days Ro- of the week. Yeah. Ro- <laughs> we'll be back again tomorrow at 10 o'clock. We hope you will be, too. Have a great day, everybody. Tired of eating the same homemade meals over and over again? Want to switch it up? LocallyOwnedDelivery.com safely brings the restaurants to you. Breakfast, lunch, or dinner, they'll bring it to you. Delivery.com delivers some of the finest restaurants in Metro Louisville. Miss going out to eat but still want to support your favorite restaurants? Delivery.com has got you covered. Use promo code ORDERNOW for $10 off your next order. Sit back, relax, your meal's on its way. Delivery.com. We bring the restaurants to you. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Injured in a car accident? Visit SueDistractedDriver.com.